Welcome to the Fit Dad Club podcast. You're here with Travis Jones and Jason Barrett. How are you doing today, Jace? Doing well, uh, despite the lack of sleep over the last few weeks, but I will persevere and I will push through because uh, dealing with ups and downs with, you know, and handling your emotions is what we're talking about today. So, you know, got to be an example. 100% mate. I think today we're going to talk about um, emotional stamina, which is without being the foo-foo, be able to control your emotions, um, you know, during the day to stay on track with your choices to become the best version of you at the end of the day. That's what emotional stamina is, to be to be able to endure, um, endure life's ups and downs without breaking and faltering to a lesser version of us. Um, I think for all of us, we can use the tools that we learn today and also the perspective and mindset shifts that we're going to learn today, not only with our health, but also our relationships and our work, because at the end of the day, um, being able to control and master our emotions is something that if you want to be successful in any aspect of your life is crucial. And, you know, it's a little bit of emotional intelligence as well to be able to have emotional stamina because you have to be aware of your emotions um, or self-aware of your emotions and also self-aware of your triggers that impact those emotions to be able to control them. You know, I'm sure that everyone out there, I know I have in the past, definitely the, like, I, I always reflect back um, to versions of me. There was a version 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. And I know that I think I'm probably at like 53.0 at the moment. Um, but when we look at it, like there was version 1.0 version of me. Um, and that was before I understood how different situations and different triggers impacted my emotions. And then I would also always default to a more aggressive um, nature as well. Um, or frustrated nature. So I would then, because of the trigger, I would then choose a, a negative emotion, which then actually always cause a negative outcome. So as I developed as a human being and patience with having kids, um, <laughs> I started to understand what were my triggers. Also, what is the best, um, what is the best route after this trigger happens so I can make sure I can still stay on track and be that best version of me at the end of the day. And that's what we want to be is like, you know, we, we are the sum of our choices and we want to make sure that we can make the most, you know, healthy and optimized choices on a daily basis to get to the best version of us and self-actualize at some point in our life. Um, so today, that's what it's all about, guys. Hopefully, um, if you're listening in the car, you know, makes it take some uh, clips on your podcast. If you're listening and you're on YouTube, uh, or if you're listening at uh, just uh, sitting at home, like get a notepad out and start uh, writing down some of these notes. But I, I think just to open it up to start with, I want you to have a quick chat about basically what emotional stamina is. And it's not just talking just about emotional stamina today, but emotional stamina at the end of the day is like you you know what you're trying to achieve in a day. If we look at the health and uh, fitness perspective, you have to have a protocol, right, mm. to achieve a, a goal. So your protocol could be steps, could be training, and could be step, uh, could be nutrition, hitting a certain amount of calories and protein, right? So you have these three protocols you're trying to hit on a daily basis. Now, the day could even just start bad, just get out the wrong side of the bed, um, or something could, um, you know, as Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Something metaphorically punches in you, you in the face. You know, I'm not, you know, someone might not be metaphorical, someone might actually punch you in the face, but yeah, at that point, you <laughs> deal with it, right? Like you, you had a plan to hit your protocols and then something came out of the blue and it just shifted, the course corrected you um, for the day in towards being the, the lesser version of you. So I want you to look like, what do you currently do in that situation? I want you to reflect. And I was like, well, do you then start making lesser choices? Do you get frustrated? Do you, you know, reach for a beer? Do you not go to train? Do you have the burger? Do you look for food for comfort? Um, like, what are you currently doing to comfort yourself when things that you thought you were certain you had control over became out of control and you, you don't know how to flip the switch back on track to get back in control. And a lot of us obviously do lean to alcohol and, um, and food to comfort us, comfort our emotions at this time. But I think for us, it's one, you have to understand what do I currently do? Okay. And do you currently just like flip the switch? Something happens out of control. Just keep on, you know, trucking on and you hit your protocol. If that's you, Hey, awesome. Great work. Um, if you currently default to a lesser version of you, I want you to go, well, okay, well, my emotional stammer is a little bit small at the moment. 
because I'm allowing the emotions dictate my choices based on external events. And for us, what we need to do is we need to understand on the days you feel bad or the days where things don't go right, we need to even be more committed to our protocol. That's like the days you don't want to do it are the days you're even more committed to doing it. And that is emotional stamina in a nutshell because you have the ability to in flux, still control your emotions and stay focused on the task at hand to be the best version of you. You are the most committed when you least feel like it. The worse you feel, the more focused you become. So I, I think this is the first question is like, one, do you have a protocol? Because if you don't have a protocol to achieving your results, well, you need to have a protocol. Otherwise, you don't know if you're going off track or on track because you have no track. You're literally just floating in the ocean. So we, we need to have a protocol like, for set one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just floating around there. Yeah. Um, and two, you need to know when things happen outside your control at the moment, what is your current default? Okay. And is that taking you away from the best version of you or towards? And if it's taking you away, you need to go, well, why am I choosing these choices and what's a better way to go and that will still allow me to stay on track and how can I deal with this? And I think that's the, the crux of what we want to look at today, mate. Um, yeah. Anything you like to share? I think it's um, remembering we, we usually do have a, like a, a bank of essentially uh, emotional resilience for a day and the better practiced you get at letting go of shit, the, the bigger that bank becomes and the more attention you've got to allocate to other things, right? And it becomes easier to let go of stuff, the better practice you get at it. But when something bad happens, someone cuts you off in traffic and then you just, you dwell on it and you dwell on it and you just keep getting more and more pissed off about it. And you think, oh fuck, if I pulled him over, I would, I'd sell, I'd, where'd you learn how to drive? The shit driver academy or like, you know, you, you play, you, you're having a shower and you're rethinking the arguments you're having in your head and all that kind of stuff. Like the more you hold on to that stuff, the more it just kind of chips away and eats away at your resilience until you're left with very little at the end of the day. And um, as we all know, with kids, you can't have uh, you can't have such little emotional resilience left at the end of the day because there's going to be shit that happens, right? And um, my wife and I obviously recently, well, having a, a five-month-old now, every now and then there's, well, all the time, there's shit that happens that's out of our control. She might like, as we're about to go to sleep, she might just start screaming and wake up or just like want to start playing. And we'll just look at each other and be like, well, here's what it is. All right, well, we're playing now. Um, we, she got up at like five o'clock this morning, which is, and she had like four or five wake-ups in the night and we're like, well, do you want to go for a walk? Um, but then she managed to fall back asleep. So I got up and did some work and she, you know, went back to sleep. It was, and then it was all good, but you just, you kind of, you deal with the punches that come. Um, but if there are a lot of punches in the day, you've got to be really good at letting go of shit. And I think that comes back to, as you were saying before, perspective and realizing, well, what actually matters in life? What actually matters to me? Does this little thing that's happened actually matter? And for me, the problem comes for most people with the disconnect between what actually happened and what you're feeling and what's really going on. Because oh, it's not just that, you know, this small thing happened. It's that it's a buildup of, you know, your wife made a comment to you this morning or your whatever. And, and then as a result, you're like, you're stewing on that, but you weren't really thinking that you were stewing on that. And then, you know, you went to McDonald's and then they were out of the ice cream. The, um, they're always out of ice cream. Um, they're like, oh, the coffee machine's not working. So you can't get your coffee and then you're like oh fuck this is all oh, this stuff is like all building up and as trap said it's like a um it's like a pressure release valve on a pressure cooker if you can't mm. like let that pss, pss, pss pressure out in in certain ways whether it's you know just doing some some nice forceful deep breaths we've talked about this in the in like the mindset podcast as well talked about meditation and box breathing and all these other things if you don't have something to help you let go of those those annoyances which is really what they are right then you're going to let them eat away at you over time and then by the end of the day you're going to have no bandwidth left for your kids for your training for your goals because it's been focused on these um you know these these trivial things but you know it's like death by a thousand cuts right it just it just adds up over time so um don't underestimate the power of being able to let go of the little things because the better you get at letting go of the little things the better you'll get at dealing and letting go of the big things as well yeah i think it, uh, to be honest what you were explaining there, it's like it's like playing life on defense right mm. like you, yeah. you're constantly yeah. playing defense and you know if you're only ever defending you never score on goals right because you're constantly yeah. in this reactive state and you you can't you're trying to defend yourself to just to get through the day rather than we don't want to just get through the day. We want to win the day. We want to crush it. We want to move forward. 
on a daily basis. I think that's one of the biggest things we have to understand. It's like, you know, there's two things we can only ever control inside life. And I think, you know, so many of us um, try and control things that we have no power of controlling. And I think this is the biggest issue. I want to control, um, you know, the way Jace responds to the way I talk to him. I can't control the way Jace responds. I want to control the way my wife wants to, you know, respond to me. I want to control the fact that when people, other people say they're going to do things that they actually follow through with it. But at the end of the day, we can't control anyone. We can't control the way that they, you know, in, like uh, actually follow through with what they say they're going to do. But also when we speak to them, we can't control the way how they're going to respond or take what we're going to be saying to them, how they're going to actually, you know, take that in. So all we can control is our attitude and like really our focus, right? Effort, effort and attitude or, you know, essentially, you know, focus goes, energy flows. So we start focusing on the little crappy things and we start having crappy energy, but effort and attitude are the two biggest things. So the effort we put into a task and the attitude we bring to a task. So I think if we can just go, well, that means I can't control anything but me. And that is, that's exactly correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is exactly that's correct. That's the point. You can't control anything but you. And the, the longer and harder you try to control these outside external events, the more frustrated, the more stressful and resentful you'll become in the world. And then the less emotional stamina you'll have to actually focus on you because you're constantly focused on everyone and anything else. Like people are going to say things about you, whether you're good or great. People are going to respond to you in good or great ways. They, you know, people are going to do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. Only thing you have to do is worry about what you're doing. And is that best for you and your family? Okay. And that's it at the end of the day. Is this the best version of me? And normally the best version of me acts in accordance to the best version of my family and the values that we live within. So I think it's taking a, it's going into an internal locus of control, which that's called versus an external locus of control. So you're just looking at focusing on you and your internal environment and understanding that we need to have algorithms at play inside our day uh, that's to control our life. So when I say this, it's like algorithms, you know, inside everything, there's algorithms. Inside a computer, there's an algorithm that does certain things, but same as our life. If there's an algorithm that we play or a set of rituals or routines, let's call it an algorithm, that in the morning, this is the algorithm that sets me up for the best possible morning. You wake up, you grab your coffee, maybe you brush your teeth or you have your water, you put your shoes on, you go to the gym. Like that's the algorithm that you press play on the, the morning routine algorithm for optimal success. Okay. And then you have the algorithm when you go to work. I'm going to click on my, you know, morning, uh, startup routine at work. And maybe you, you focus on what's you know, the most important tasks. Then you go into emails. Then you go into meetings, whatever your algorithm for work. You might have a lunch algorithm. So making sure you're staying on track with your food. You have an, a wind down routine algorithm. It's 445. Click that algorithm. This is how I disconnect from my day. You have an algorithm when you leave and, you know, make sure you're getting home and being the best version of yourself. And then you have a nighttime routine or a nighttime algorithm. This is how I wind down to get to sleep. Now, these routines or algorithms that we look at, these are, we put these in place and like we insert them in to make sure that we're optimizing our energy, we're optimizing our health and also optimizing our mindset at the end of the day. Uh, but we need to have an algorithm in place for when we get punched in the face. When I, when something happens outside of my control, what do I do? Because sometimes people just sit in the corner and <clears throat> they sit in the corner and they complain. Okay. Well, that doesn't fix it. Okay. That doesn't also help you move forward. Um, some people get really angry at it and frustrated. Um, well, that doesn't also fix it or solve the, the problem. You know, some people get sad and, or, you know, we, we choosing these disempowering emotions. When in, in, instead we could choose something that still allows us to move forward to be the best version of us. Cause normally something comes in on the external. We lower our frequency or our state. Okay. That we're operating in. So we start to feel down or we go into the lesser version of us. Then we start to tell ourselves these stories that aren't the best anyway. It's like, Oh, Janice is always a bit of an asshole. And then we start to get angry and we start, Oh, you, you, you're never going to get ahead in this, you know, workplace or, you know, something happens and you had the muffin or whatever it happened. It's like, I can never stick to a diet. And we talked about our following through with our word the other day, but I, I think for us, it's going, well, my frequency dipped. 
because of this external situation or external um, circumstance. I need to have an algorithm at that point that I can input into my life, which flips the switch and allows me to turn back up to the higher frequency version of me. And you need to understand what is that algorithm to you. And we did talk about, I think earlier with mindset, there was music, there was going for a walk. Um, there was literally doing like 10 burpees or 20 burpees. It would definitely change your state. Um, you know, there can be box breathing as Jay said before. It's like, but I need to go, well, these are my, this is my algorithm. As soon as this happens, bang, insert chip. Algorithm is played. And then you shift out of disempowered state, which makes disempowered thoughts, which then leads to the lesser version of you choices, okay, to change state, better story, just like me, when something comes outside my control, I, sh I sh upregulate, okay, and I become even stronger because obstacles make me stronger. And it's like having that mindset shift and you just get straight back on track. And I think understanding, it's like, if you can just think, okay, I need to deploy an algorithm right now to get me back on track and have a high frequency, then great, let's do it. Um, and it's just understanding the triggers that do, do push you off track. I think that's a big thing as well. Yeah. If you, um, if you have, as Trav said, if you have that game plan, that, that algorithm that's ready to go, that you can enact anywhere that you can use at any point in time when something comes up to get you back into a better state. Um, and one of the things I think Tony Robbins shares this a lot, but it's never a question of resources and it's always a question of resourcefulness. It's never a question of, um, you know, I need more resources. I need more stuff. I need to have more, um, you know, more tools to be able to deal with it. It's never a question of that. It's just how resourceful are you willing to be? How resourceful are you in that moment to get yourself out of that state? And the first thing you have to do is you have to want to be out of that state. Sometimes people will be pissed off because they're happy to be pissed off and they enjoy being pissed off and angry about things all the time. Um, and you know, the reason why, fuck, you know, how deep do you want to go? There could be plenty of reasons why you're wanting to be angry all the time. Cause if you're angry, then you don't have to be sad. Cause if you're sad, then you're weak and you're not a man and blah, 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 blah. Like there's plenty of uh, going some therapy here, but there's definitely some, some sort of deep wells of stuff. And this is, could potentially just like a presenting problem for a lot of people. The, the way that they're showing up and they respond, you know, they'll, they'll, um, they'll react way too harshly to a relatively small issue. It's like, hang on, that's not really what this, what's going on here. It's like, oh, my dad didn't love me. Fuck. All right, there we go. That's, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff coming up, but, uh, if you, if you have an algorithm or at least a way, and then the second thing is the willingness. You've got to be willing to let go of that stuff and let go of everything mm. that goes with that. And for some people, they only have certain vices. They only have certain um, or things that they, they enjoy that they you know do to unwind. But because they're doing them and using them just to deal with shit and just to deal with problems and, and curveballs that are being thrown their way, they never actually get the experience of enjoying them. One of the things I would say that I used to use as a bit of an escape um, slash just like when I was pissed off or annoyed just to deal with things, just to honestly just get my mind out of whatever's going on was gaming, right? Online gaming was a big, it's a big one for me. Um, I'd say was a big one for me because, you know, you, you don't get, that's not something that you do when you've got a, a wife and a, and a baby and you're, you're trying to change the world of, and make all the dads fit, right? You don't, have, you don't have time to be typing away on a keyboard at people. Um, but that was something that definitely... Um, when I was doing it, I was doing it more so as an escape from what was going on and to get away from the shit. And when I was doing that, I wasn't actually enjoying it. So it was just kind of a neutral experience. And even though it was something that I enjoy doing and, and I, you know, it was, it's like a, like a leisure activity because I was doing it in a way where I was just dealing with the shit, it stopped having the leisure effect. It stopped being something that I enjoy, but I kept telling myself, oh yeah, it's just a hobby. It's something I enjoy. No, you're using it in the wrong way. So you can have certain algorithms that will sort of get you out of it. And for some people that might be food, for some people that might be alcohol, um, for some people it might be um, training or the gym or whatever, but you can also use things in a negative way and it can kind of suck the fun out of them. If you have to be angry or pissed off to want to go to the gym, or if you have to, you know, have had a bad day for you to actually stick to your diet or whatever it is. It's like, if you use things in the wrong way, and if you, I guess, abuse your, um, the, the things that you enjoy, like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, uh, go for a walk with my kids whenever I'm stressed out. But then it's like, every time you're stressed, you then think about going for a walk with your kids and then maybe take that stressed energy on that walk. And maybe it, it doesn't end up being as relaxing for you anymore because you're only ever doing that 
as a release as opposed to doing it for the enjoyment of it. So um, there's there's obviously a lot that we can go into. And as Trav was saying, take some notes and, and consider for yourself what are some things that you can do, right, without needing to rely on other people, without needing to rely on external things to get yourself back into a better mind frame to, as he's saying, be that upgraded, that better version of yourself. It's like we've talked about this before. How would the best version of myself show up here? And there might be a level of vulnerability that's needed with your partner to be like, hey, some of the things you were saying to me, I really wasn't feeling them and, and, and really, you know, it, it got me feeling down. And as a result, it ended up being like, you know, I ended up with all of this uh, like mental stuff that was going on for me as a result. And it made work really bad. And it's like, when you said that to me, this is how I felt, right? And it's not about blame. And it's not about making excuses. It's just about being honest and open with the people around you as well. If they're saying things, if they're getting under your skin consistently, then being honest with them. And, and especially if you're in a, you know, a loving partnership, ideally they'd be like, oh, holy crap. I didn't realize that what I was saying was having that effect on you. Um, and then you can, using that method, also reduce the amount of, of, um, of, I guess, negative stimulus coming towards you by changing some of the stuff that's coming at you rather than just dealing with it and bearing it and trying to get back on track when it becomes too much you've got to have that conversation and not in an explosive why do you always fucking do this way but in a way where you can have a conversation say hey look when you're saying this it makes me feel like this it, it you know this is how i'm feeling about it all i really appreciate it if you you know didn't bring this up like that or we had a better conversation about it and then you know that that's a whole nother podcast topic is you know communication and, and partnership and that kind of stuff but um that's just one of yeah. many methods to reduce the amount of negative um negative input essentially that's coming in so that you don't have to grin and bear it you don't have to get back on track you don't have to use the algorithm because there's nothing for you to ne necessarily reset from so learn how to handle the negatives but also learn how to eliminate more negatives so you don't actually have that many things coming at you that you have to deal with and change mm. I might, I completely agree with you there. I, I think some sometimes it's looking at also like before you even get frustrated, stressed, disempowered, low frequency, whatever it is, it's like, what do you do on a daily basis that makes you feel on fire? Like you're on, mm. like switched on, all in. And it's like sometimes it's going, well, when we when we start to slip, we start to let go of the things that make us feel on fire, and then we just forget that we were doing them. So I think sometimes it's going, well, I've slipped for a couple of days now. Like, what am I not doing right now that's different? Mm -hmm. And you might be like, oh, I, I didn't do this in the morning. And normally it's like, it can be, you know, working out, increases your endorphins, all the rest of it. It could be having your morning coffee. It could be having a cold shower. It could be going for a walk with your missus. And now it started raining because you're going into winter and you just missed that one little part, which is your morning walk. And because you're not doing your morning walk, it's now started to impacts your emotional state throughout the day and you didn't even know what what it was but it was that morning walk it's like okay well how can i manufacture that how can i look at i'm missing this right now and that really put me at peace okay essentially when we look at it with my emotions on a daily basis which allowed my day to flow really well what can i input there to make sure i have that same sort of flow and same sort of feeling so have a think also it's not always like what do you do when you're off it's like what do you do when you're on and mm -hmm. sometimes it's just making sure that we're constantly doing those things. Um, I think I was talking to one of my clients last night, one of the boys last night. He's like, oh, I'm slipping into some old ways. And he's lost like 20, 25 kilos with us over the last year. And he's feeling great, um, strong, but he slipped into a couple of bad habits. One of his, he's got two young boys and he's got also a baby. And the baby's, I think it's like four or five months old, um, mm -hmm. similar to you, Jace. And he was like, you know, the boys get sick and the baby's not sleeping properly, so I'm tired, so I'm not getting up. I was like, dude, you have two young boys and a baby. You are always going to be tired, okay? <laughs> so, yeah. like, like, this is your life at the moment. You know, you're going to have a baby that has a sleep schedule. You have two young boys who still wake up during the night. So, yeah, I would say six days out of seven, when you try and wake up at 4.30, because that's when he has to train in his daily constraints. It has to be pretty early for him. Um, he's, a, he's a principal of a large school, so he has a lot of constraints inside his day. So I'm like, man, like you are, you're always going to be tired, but you know that if you wake up at 4.30 versus 5.15, you know, do you think that you woke up not tired at 5.15 versus 4.30? He's like, no, I'll still be tired. I was like, exactly. But <laughs> you're going to be a good tired if you woke up early and got your training session in because you did something that was positive for you. 
and positive for the direction of your life and as a role model for your kids. And I, I was saying to him, it's like, you need to just like write a bit of a, not an I am statement, but a bit of a statement because you wake up in the morning, your alarm goes off. You need to read, he just read this, like write it to yourself when you're feeling good right now and write it to the version of you who will be reading this tomorrow morning. Okay. The person who then defaults into the lesser version of you. And like he read it this morning. I gave him a text this morning because I was up and he's, you know, a couple of hours before me in another state. And I text him, so I'd be the best version of you this morning um, to make sure he got to the gym. And he wrote to me like what his, um, statement was and about, you know, I am a role model for my kids and, you know, I do what I say I'm going to do. And I, you know, follow through all these little things. And he read it this morning and empowered, like it made it easy. It's like, I'm, I'm this version of me, you know, even when I am tired, which essentially decreases my frequency and decreases my ability to make the right decisions because my emotionally vulnerable when we don't, when we're tired all the time and when we have a lack of sleep, where our emotional stamina, our bandwidth is decreased. Okay. It is what it is, but it's understanding that I am going to be tired, but I'm going to choose the best version of tired, not the less than best version. Cause the less than best version is like, you just didn't train, you, you know, slept in, then you half scrolled on your phone for the next half hour. Cause you can't be asked getting out of bed. Then you finally get out of bed and it's too late to go to the gym now. And you got a full on day, you work and then you get home at night and trying to help with the kids at home and feed thing. You're just like, you're so mentally spent and physically spent at the end of the day that you didn't train. Right. But, or you can be like the better version of you tired where it's like, I'm still tired, but I trained and I did something for me. Okay. And it's not selfish to do something for you. It's selfless, right? It is because if you train, then you have more energy. If you have more energy, you can be better version of you for your kids and your wife. You're working on yourself. And I think sometimes we feel selfish when we're looking to train because we're feeling like it's time away from the family. When in reality, it gives us the time with our family to be better quality time. And I think that is a big thing as well. It's not about just spending the amount of time with someone it's spending the, it's not the quantity it's the quality and making sure that you have abundance of energy you're present not thinking about other things you're not resentful because you look at yourself and you feel like absolute crap but like you love and cherish the time you spend with your loved ones because you're fully present full of energy and you cherish those moments rather than just sitting on the couch and watching some netflix show thinking this is great quality time when in reality we we both know it's not um so a couple of just a couple of little interesting points like that i wanted to sort of recommend from our the conversations I have with my guys yeah no i i love that and i think it's it's such a big one that like, you know, especially when you have to get up early and you're making that trade off, but you know, you've never felt like an extra half an hour has never really made a difference. And you, oftentimes it makes you feel fucking worse. Right. If you Dude. like, I take whenever, whenever our little girl wakes us up, I'm like, that's, that's when I'm that's up. It. Like if it's, if it's mm. five o'clock, like this morning, it was like five twenty. she, she woke up. So yeah, I went to the bathroom, came back chatted with my wife for a little bit. We're like, oh, do we go for a walk? I was like, oh, she seems a bit upset. Maybe just see if she'll go back to sleep. She went back to sleep. So I was like, all right, I'll start my day because, you know, that's the kind of dad I want to be. You know why? The earlier I start my day, the earlier I get all my shit done, the earlier I finish, I can spend better quality time with her in the afternoon. Like it, 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 all of that sort of stuff matters. Obviously, those are my personal circumstances, but that's the attitude that you want to have, especially towards things like training. Like I've already done my training session today as well. That's going to set me up for a much better day because when you're stagnant, your energy is stagnant. When you're not moving, your energy is not moving and you can get stuck. There's a reason why emotion is energy in motion, right? We want to move our bodies. That's going to create better quality emotions. That's going to create better quality, um, just better standards for our life. And even as Trevor was saying, you're being a role model, right? Those are the, the, um, those are the promises you make yourself the night before that you're like, in the next morning, you've got to have that conversation with yourself. And, you know, it depends on how harsh you, you want to be, but it's like, Am I going to be a little bitch? Am I going to bitch out? And am I going to not be the best version of myself for my kids? Am I going to be setting this as a role model? When I want to get them up for school, are they going to sleep in because they saw me sleep in, right? Is that the kind of, is that the battle that I'm, is that what I'm going to, uh, am I going to reap that when I sow that? And then you think, all right, well, no, I'm not going to be that person. And whatever language works for you to get you out. And I've used that in the gym before when I've been in there and I haven't really been given it my all. And um, there's something, there's a, a quote I love. I think um, Dr. Mike Israel says it a lot. It's like, I'm not here to not work hard, right? It's like when you're doing something and you're going to commit to do something, commit to doing it and 
and give it your all and don't let anything affect you from doing it because you're not there to not work hard. It's like, I'm not on the, in, it's the same thing as this planet. I'm not on this planet to have a half-assed time. I'm here to get the most out of every area. And if I'm going to get the most out of every area, that's going to require me ignoring the distractions, just getting it done and being okay with just getting it done, even if it means a little bit less sleep if I need to, because that's gonna have, it's gonna have much more um, dividends on the back end of that. If you've got an extra 45 minutes a night of sleep, yeah, you know, that sleep is good and it's important for you. Um, but if three or four of those days, you trade that 45 minutes for a gym session and you weren't gonna ever do that gym session at another time, that's got far more benefit for you. So you have to have perspective, as we talked about at the start, in you know in the context of my life how important is this to me and then when you can zoom out on it again the more you zoom out the more you gain that perspective the more uh, the less those little things will matter and the less the little irritances and the little hiccups in the day are going to be an issue for you and the more resilient you'll be able to be because you remember what the long term is right a, a hill can look like a speed bump when you really zoom out and i think zooming out is the, the sort of the mental um, picture I want to give you. Just imagine zooming out on your life, zooming out on your life and noticing that all of those little things, those little irritances, it's like, fuck, you're not going to remember that. Right? You're not going to remember that someone cut you off on the freeway, on the way to work in, you probably not even remember it in three weeks time, let alone three years. So don't spend an entire day stewing on it and wasting that opportunity to be better, to grow into that better version of yourself because it does take practice. It does take time. There are going to be times when you slip times when you you know lose it a little bit but again it's not about how many times you get knocked down it's about how many times you get back up and just being constantly willing to get back up and to get better at it and better at it and better at it is what is going to create resilience don't expect to just go from you know zero to you know i'm a stoic and nothing affects me um i am zen and you know the outside world is is nothing on my internal peace because i need nothing i want for nothing i just you know go for gold if you can do that quickly. But uh, for most of us, it will take a little bit of time. So be willing to give it the time that it takes, just like a body transformation, right? The two are very similar in that regard. Mate, I, I completely agree. I think um, one thing I think that people could deploy, and we did talk about gratitude previously, um, but in times of turbulence, we get so caught up in the trivial shit that actually doesn't matter. And we allow that to dictate our whole day, right? Like someone, someone cutting you off in traffic, it's like, you know, you won. And this is what I, I tell a lot of people as well. It's like, you don't know why they cut you off in traffic. Like maybe they were racing to the hospital because their son got hit by a car himself and they were trying to get to them before they died. I was like, mm. if then someone cut you off, would you have empathy for them or would you have frustration and anger towards them? You probably have empathy. It's like, cut me off, dude, and cut me off seven more times. Like, go and see your kid. Get there. You want me to drive in front of you and just start smashing cars out the way? Like, I'll help you get there. Like, let's get get to, get to your son. Um, but, like, I think we, we rush uh, to choose emotions when we don't have the full picture of the scenario as well. We, we default. We know there's a stimulus and a response and we never expand the gap to choose a better quality emotion. And I think for us, you know, to be emotionally resilient or have emotional stamina, it does require the ability to expand that gap. And I think that is one of the biggest things. It's there's a stimulus coming at me, whether it be if it's and if it's negative, and there is def there is a default, okay, response. And that default response has been trained over years and years. And from how you saw your parents default to that response, like, and that's how we learned it. And it's like, well, you have to question everything. Is this response actually serving me? And a lot of the time it's not. I was like, okay, well, if this isn't serving me, this is one of the triggers I'm going to work on at the moment. Um, so it's going, okay, well, if this is a negative response or well, what's a positive response, someone cuts me off in traffic. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. But, but, like it is what it is. Like, it's okay. Like, did it ruin your day? No, you might've got to work two minutes later. That's, that's also okay. Like mm. nothing happened. You, you were going to the same place, except you got there two minutes later. Is that a reason to completely ruin the next 30 minutes of your driving? No, it's not. Like you're allowing these external circumstances to dictate your internal environment. And now you're carrying a negative emotion for the next 30 minutes when they probably didn't even know they cut you off. 
And that's yeah. the sad part. They're like, well, I don't even know I did. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, what, what do you mean side mirrors? I don't have any of those. <laughs> uh, most BMWs I've noticed don't actually have side mirrors. They just, they just weave through. Just go but, through. Um, yeah, exactly. You mentioned something there. It's like with having that sort of 30 minutes, I mean, for me mentally, I can't get pissed off on the road because then I'm like, I'm not going to drive like an asshole in response to this because I don't think that's what a lot of people do because I'm like, uh, even if I don't have my wife and my daughter in the car, um, you know, I've taken a call on people silly billies on the road now, now that we've got the daughter in the car. So don't, you know, no, no F wits or anything like that. But um I'm like, what's the point in me driving and holding on to this anger? It's like, all that's going to do is make it more likely that I have an accident. And yeah. then, you know, my daughter will be without a dad and I can't have that happen. Jesus Christ. No, I'm, I'm like, oh, that person must be in a hurry. Um, I wonder where they're off to. Well, I hope they're okay. Um, oops, so, oh, that's, a, no, that's a fascinating way of driving. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, no, I didn't know they taught offensive driving and defensive driving, you know. It's, uh, they must have been, they listened to the podcast about scoring more goals and they wanted to get there quicker. Um, but what I noticed for a lot of people is when some external circumstances come in that affect the way that you operate in the day, it's often because of not taking complete ownership of yourself. Let's say, for example, you hit a, someone cuts you off, you hit a red light, and then they speed through it, you don't, um, and then you're stuck at the red light. And then you think, fuck, I'm late, right? Because that's usually the biggest reason why people have issues in traffic. It's, oh, I'm going to be late. Um, and then it's like, if you were taking ownership of your own circumstances and taking ownership of everything that you could have done, then it's like, well, you know what? Really? I'm actually pissed off at myself because I didn't get, I didn't leave on time. I left right. You know, it told me I had 29 minutes. I left with 30 minutes and I thought I'd make up the extra minute on the road. Um, like it, if that's the pattern that you're running, then you need to address that and you need to take ownership for what are the things that I could have done differently to change these circumstances, especially when it comes to communication with others, any interaction with the outside world, you've got to reflect. And um, Trav did say before, it's like, you know, you can't control how people respond to you. Um, but if, you know, if you intend something positive and they respond in a negative way, then you can ask yourself, well, hey, how could I have communicated that better? Mm -hmm. um, how could I have communicated that in a way where my intended message would have gotten through? Like, you know, if you tell your wife, oh, you look lovely today. And she responds, well, fuck you. Don't I look lovely yeah. every day? <laughs> Why just today? Right? Oh, only when I get my makeup done. All right, you didn't even notice that I got my... And then it becomes a thing. Like, that might be the case that that happens. So then it's like, maybe instead of saying... Oh, instead of blowing up at her, be like, can't believe you can never accept a compliment. And then it turns into an argument. It's then saying, how could I phrase that better so that it would the intended message would have gotten through? Um, and it's the same thing when it comes to life in general, is taking ownership for your own actions and your own behavior and saying, well, what did I do that caused this set of circumstances? You know what? If someone cut me off in traffic and I wasn't late, it wouldn't be an issue. I'd be like, whoa, all right, let's, you know, I'll back away. Like, oh, that person's got somewhere to be. I don't want to get in their way. Or even if they're just a young driver, oh, he'll learn eventually, you know, let them go off and, and do their thing. All right, it doesn't affect you. Water off a duck's back. But if it affects you because it makes you late, because you didn't leave on time and one little hiccup, um, you know, gets in your way of your day, then you've got to reflect and say, hang on, am I actually pissed at this person or am I pissed at myself because I myself. didn't, I, yeah, I didn't plan my day effectively. And this comes down to looking at as well, looking at, uh, we talked about this last week, time and randomness, right? They're always going to happen. They're, um, I was listening uh, to a thing again. It's like time and randomness are undefeated, right? They, 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 they're, you know, undefeated record for hundred knockouts, zero losses. But so don't anticipate that there's not going to be any randomness in your day. Cause there's going to be, mm. and if you plan for it and adjust for it, cause you have your, I've got this meeting scheduled and I've got this thing done and I've got to wake up at exactly four 15. And if I wake up at four 16, it's too late that I can't finish my workout. And then I get annoyed about it. Um, all of these, and then it becomes a cascade and a flow on effect. So if you give yourself the time and the space to allow for randomness in your day and you don't jam pack every single minute of every single day, then that'll give you enough time, enough space and enough peace to flow with it. But most people are just so busy doing and doing and doing, they never <coughs> even have the space to enact an algorithm or a plan to get them back into mm. a right headspace. Cause it's like, fuck, I've got to get to the next destination because it's all back to back to back to back. And then they get home as a stressed out, um, you know, pissed off dad that, you know, needs to take five minutes away when his wife's been with the kids all day or whatever the circumstances are. And she's like, well, I need you to take the kids so I can you know, go to the bathroom without someone knocking at the door and wanting to come in. All right. And then, and then it creates a whole nother thing. So 
give yourself space in your day. You don't need to be a peak performer who's like every minute's blocked out and ready to go. It's like, there's going to be random shit that happens. So if you allow for it, you're going to be a hell of a lot better at dealing with it than if you just say, oh, I'll deal with it if it comes up. Because guess what? It's always going to come up. Dude, I completely agree. I think that's one of the big factors. It's going, okay, I'm always going to have randomness. I'm always going to have obstacles. It's having if, when, then scenarios as well. Um, mm. But I, I think it's like we have a... We have protocols that we're going to hit throughout the day. So again, we go back to these three protocols that we're looking at trying to hit. Maybe it's ste steps and training and, and uh, nutrition that you have to have a power of agency. No matter what happens, you have the power within yourself to go from plan A to plan B to C. There's like 26 layers in the alphabet. You just go to the next one. Oh, someone ate my food in the work lunch fridge. As like, you can get frustrated and go buy yourself a, a Macca's double quarter pounder meal. Um, well, it's like, okay, well, if when, you know, Janice decides to eat my lunch, like she does on Tuesdays, I'm just going to go down and grab a sumo salad. I'm going to get a Nando's um, chicken Suprema wrap with extra tenderloins. Uh, like, I think you have these if, when, then scenarios. And there's like, well, it's your default. You don't even have to think about it. It doesn't even, mm. it's like, all right, cool. Um, like clearly Janice needed food more than me today. Okay, and that's why she ate my lunch. Uh, it's I'll like put laxatives in there next time. <laughs> yeah, she'll exactly. learn. She'll learn that, Janice. Um, yeah. But when you look at it, it's like it's having these if-when then scenarios, which allows us to the default to the next thing. I was like, okay, if my food was off, then I'll just do this. Okay, if I woke up late, then I'll just do that. Um, so it's like it's always having a default scenario that still keeps you in line from plan A to plan B to plan C, and allows you to just keep moving through your day without without any the major obstacles become speed bumps and they don't, they just slow us down momentarily, but we just push through them. When instead of like those, those obstacles becoming stop signs. And I think that's a big difference. It's like speed, speed bumps or stop signs. Like one, we just keep breezing through the other one. We're sitting there and we could be sitting there for hours as we watch traffic come past. Cause we just sit with our emotions of frustration. Mm. So you have to have default one, an algorithm to get you back on track, but also the default pathways to still keep you on track, to hit your daily goals or to still win the day. And I think when we're looking at this, you know, we have the plus ones and we're looking at gamifying, right? We have like plus ones and, you know, we talk about, we talked about this last week, like, okay, hit my steps plus one, hit my training plus one, hit my nutrition plus one. It's like, oh, I scored three points in a day. Well, I, I, the baseline is zero. And a lot of the time when we, uh, when we get hit with something outside our control, we don't not only hit a plus one, we go into the negatives. Okay. So oh, I couldn't get my training in because something happened and I didn't train this morning. So now I also didn't hit my nutrition, but I also just sat in my office all day. And then I got Uber Eats and then I had a block of chocolate and a pizza at nighttime. So you not only didn't go plus one, you didn't even stay at zero. You went minus three. So the difference between the, the lesser than best version of you and the best version of you is uh, a six. Okay. So there's a six, there's a negative three or there's a plus three. So you just not following through the protocol doesn't mean you're going to be at baseline and I'll just go sideways for the day. You can go into the negatives. So I think it's understanding that if I'm not going to default into the less than best version of me and make choices that give me like a two or three or four up to six point difference on my possible game on a daily basis to make sure I'm scoring, I'm winning. Okay. Cause you don't want to be, be beat, um, with like, a you know, a hundred points, uh, advantage, like on a game of footy. And it's like, no one wants to watch that game. No one at all because it's no fun to watch. They're getting humiliated. And so are you, if you start <laughs> eating like an absolute crazy person, just because you didn't go to the gym this morning. I was like, okay, cool. If then when, okay, just move to the next thing. So I think it's, it's having the fundamentals. It's having the if, when, thens. It's having the chip algorithm in place, but it's also knowing the triggers that take you off course. It's understanding what you focus on, um, matters because we're, we're like, we really drill that focus and we're focusing on shit that just doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's like, will it matter in 10 days? No. Then why? Like, why? Why are you even giving it two minutes? Like, is it going to matter in 10 months? No. Like, then who cares? Like, it's sometimes like a noise that there's like a 10 minutes, well, there's a seven minutes, seven days, seven months, seven years. And I was like, will this matter in seven minutes? Yeah, it could do. Um, if I'm still stuck in traffic and the old mate cut me off, well, will this matter in seven days? No. Will it matter in seven months? No. Will it matter in seven years? 
I wouldn't even remember it. <laughs> not even seven days I remember no, this. So it's like so it's like when you're looking at it, we worry about stuff that doesn't matter. It's like when in reality is like <clears throat> there's a whole book, right? The zero out of not uh subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark yeah. Manson. You know, we, we only have so many fucks to give in life and we all give fucks about the wrong stuff, which then we don't have enough fucks to give her out the right stuff. It's like, give a fuck about your health, right? Like, that's what you should be giving a fuck about. Not about, you know, getting cut off in traffic or someone eating your lunch. Like, actually give a fuck about the stuff that is going to change the direction and trajectory of your life as a role model for your kids, right? I, I think that's a, such a big thing. So understanding that perspective matters. Is this going to matter in seven days, seven months, seven years? No, then just leave it. Like, leave it and just move on. It's okay. Take a breath. Also, we look at it, it's like, oh, it's the worst day ever. It's like, dude, you have a house with a TV and wireless internet and food and you had water coming out of your tap and you went to the toilet and flushed it. Like, you had enough water like, to sit under a stream of it for 20 yeah, minutes for and 20 make minutes. it extra it's hot. Like, what do you mean? You're having a bad day. It's like there's people walking for like two hours to try and get water. Uh, like they're barely surviving with food. It's like you didn't have a bad day. You had a bad moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. Stop making bad moments, bad days. I think that's a big thing that people have to understand. And also your worst day is someone else's best day. So have some perspective and have less entitlement. Okay. Like you are so fortunate to be listening to this on YouTube or on a podcast through internet. Like, dude, like have like be grateful, have perspective. And so often it's like, Oh, like you, if you actually start saying out loud, the things that annoyed you, you'd sound like a whiny little bitch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you, yeah. if you went to like a third world country and start telling them, like, as I say, it's like, I, play these scenarios out in my wine sometime if i went to them and complained to them about the things i complain about i they'll be like looking at me going seriously like that's your issue right now like yeah, so i'm just for you <laughs> like, your, your internet I, was a bit slow on your call yeah, oh, oh, no. oh my gosh like it's it, you're looking at yourself and then you go yeah i'm a bit of a dick uh, i need to actually stop complaining about stuff that really doesn't matter in life my kids are healthy and I have the ability to control my emotions and I have security of my head, like roof, food. I can move. I'm just choosing not to move. Like mm. I get to go to a gym and train, right? I, I, that's You actually have a gym that you get to go to. Like these yeah. people don't have gyms. They have to walk the two hours to get water. Like that's yeah, their exercise. Yeah, they bucket on either side. It's like, <laughs> exactly. it's like Mulan when they're walking with the uh, things. That, that's their workout. That's what exactly. They're not getting incidental steps in because they want to get their knee up. They're trying yeah. to walk <laughs> for two hours to try and get water so they can survive. I was like, so it's like perspective matters. And I normally, I take it to the extremes always just to make yeah. myself feel like ridiculous. Like I'll like, and Liv laughs at me. I was like, she, yeah, to make it funny because I laugh at myself because then, like, then that shifts my state. Because if I'm annoyed, then I go to extremes. And I, I all of a sudden I just laugh at myself, and my my whole state shifts because I'm like, "You are ridiculous." <laughs> um, and the moment that I can laugh at myself and say I'm ridiculous, I can't be angry, like because yeah. they they don't coexist. Those emotions don't coexist together. And then I'm grateful because then that perspective then gives me gratitude, and I'm grateful. I start to look at okay, what else am I grateful for? And this is a good algorithm to embed when times of frustration that I'm like, well, I'm grateful for this and that and all the rest of it. I'm really just grateful that I get to be a role model for my kids. Like, you know, my dad passed away when I was 17. Like he didn't get to be like an amazing role model. Like I'm lucky at the moment. I am a role model. I can be a role model for my kids. Like I'm so fortunate with so many things. Like, you know, I'm not entitled that like, I don't have this entitlement around, um, being a dad, like, I'm grateful that I get to be a dad and I will, like, I will try and be the best version of me for my kids. Like I knew Jackson was like, he loved running. I obviously I can't take him to the gym. So I just started running. Uh, like that's the, one of the biggest reasons I started running over the last year because I wanted to spend more time with him over the next sort of five to six years doing something that he enjoys doing so we can bond together more. Uh, it's like, 
like this is where you make your choices to be the best version of you and be the role model. And then for me, I get to spend every Saturday with him. I get to pace him in our park runs and I get to help him get better and run faster. And he, he finishes, he got a 24 minutes 30 for his 5K on Saturday, which is his fastest park run. And he's like eight years old. And I was like running like four minute, like 34 paces or, or kilometers. And I was like, oh no, four, sorry, four minute 50 um, kilometers. Me. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, dude, you're eight years old and you're like, but every week we've just done it for like nearly six months now. We just keep refining, keep running. And he just tucks in behind me and I pace him through the laps. Um, but every week we get to bond together and I get to help him with skill acquisition and he loves it. He looks forward to it. We get to bond over fitness, which is a part of my life. And because of that, he starts wanting to be better at fitness. And this is in, these are ingrained core memories that is shaping his identity as a human being for the rest of his life. And that means fitness is going to be a part of his, his identity because this is who I identify, identifies as someone who runs, who enjoys it, who understands that the more I do something, the better I can get at it. And it, it, I think for us, it's understanding that you have such a power um, as a role model, as a dad, that if we can simply control, like manufacture this ideal week um, with understanding there'll be randomness involved in there and knowing that if we do get punched in the face, how to course correct. And like you were saying before, I think ownership is one of the biggest things. Unless we own that we have all the control in the world out of every single choice that we make, right? Then that gives us the power back in our hand. Because people say they don't have control. It's like, oh, I can't leave my job. I can't. Like, you know, I hate this work. They, they literally, people work in a job for years and years they hate. And it's like, I can't leave. It's like, why can't you leave? Oh, I won't be able to make money. Well, yes, you can. Well, it's also now it's a choice not to leave. It's not that you can't leave. You're choosing not to leave because you want to make that money, okay? Can you do things in the short term on the side to increase your skill to then be hired by a competitor or someone else? Yes, you can. Are you doing that? No, I'm not. So now you're choosing not to do that. Like we are, we're never stuck. We're never stuck in anything in life. We're never stuck in a marriage. We're never stuck with our health. We're never stuck with our job. We're, we're, we have the power to choose any possible decision at any given time, right? And stop saying, stop thinking you're pigeonholed into anything right? because you have ownership over your life. You have one life, not two. So make sure you spend the hours in your day correctly to make the most out of your life, to be the leader of your family and the leader of your children so they can be the best versions of them. Because if you come home and they like, you're annoyed with your work all the time and that's, that's they pick up off it and like, oh, is this what work is? We just hate our job and we have to keep showing up and there's no other way. Is that what you're teaching your kids? And that, is that what you want to teach your kids? Or you're teaching your kids that I don't have time for health and fitness because I work so much. So now they're thinking, okay, if I work, then I don't do health and fitness because that's what I've learned from my parents. It's an either or, not a both scenario. Um, so be so mindful. The decisions you make, our kids don't listen to what we say. They listen to what we do. So I think your choices and having ownership over this um, have a much larger impact than we give them credit for. Mm, yeah, 100%. They're, they're sponges. They just look at what you do. And regardless of what justifications you use and what reasoning, they're just going to say, dad said and dad did not go to the gym. Dad got ended up getting overweight. He was stressed because he worked really hard. So therefore, if I work hard, I'm not going to have time for this stuff either. And they're not going to question it. Then you think that as kids grow up, they're going to grow into it. They're not going to question it. This is where we get a lot of our stuff from. There's a, a story that I love um, about a couple who were cooking a turkey for Thanksgiving. It was an American story, right? And mm. um, what the wife did was she chopped off the the tail the tail like end of it, and then the top end of it, like the basically like a quarter of it on either end. Um, and her husband was like, "What, what are you doing?" She's like, no, this is just how you, this is, what do, what do you mean? He's like, why have you cut off like a, most of the turkey on the front and the, and the end? He's like, well, she's like, well, that's what my mum always did. 
And then he's like, well, why? And, you know, they had the family around. So, you know, her mum was there. And he's like, well, why did you always do that? It's like, well, that's what my mother always did. And they're like, and grandma wasn't with them. So they were like, all right, well, let's, let's give her a call and, and ask her because this is really starting to piss me off, right? You know, when you just want to get to the bottom of something. And then, you know, it calls the grandma. And they're like, how come when we were preparing the Thanksgiving turkey, why do you always chop the top off and the bottom off? And she's like, because our ovens weren't big enough to fit a whole turkey. Don't tell me you guys are still doing that shit right and that's what we do but we don't even know we 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 enact the patterns of our parents because they're our first sort of trusted figure and you're going to be your kids first trusted figure in life they're going to look to you like you know um for for six months at least the baby doesn't even know that it's separate from from the mum, right and the dad if they're seeing you every single day they're going to know oh this is you know these are my parents these are who they are to me They, um, they they know what's best and if you show them a way of living that means that you can't do two things, right? You can't do health and fitness if you work really hard, right? As opposed to to being honest with yourself and saying, you know, I'm not, I'm choosing not to do this because I'm prioritizing something else, right? We've talked about this before. It's never about being too busy or not having enough time. It's always about priorities. So what is actually important to you in your life and live in alignment with that. Stop lying to yourself about what you think is important to you. Stop saying, oh, I'm going to do this health and fitness thing and I'm going to say it because it makes me feel good to say it. It's like either it's actually fucking important to you or it's not. And if it's not, own that, right? What's important to me? You know, I really enjoy having beers with my friends and you know, and eating takeaway with my wife and I don't care how I look, right? First of all, I would call a little bit of bullshit on that because, you know, there's always that little bit of, uh, you know, in terms of how you look, how you feel more so than anything else. But if that's, if you're honest to God, happy with yourself and you want to enjoy that, be my guest, but be honest with yourself about it. Be honest with yourself in every area of life. I'm choosing not to do these things, right? It's not about, I can't afford this is I'm choosing to buy other things. I was chatting to a client the other day who was like, I can't afford a, um, or, uh, you know, I don't have the money for a gym membership at the moment, but there was also telling me about how they wanted to go out to lunches and dinners once a week. I was like, if you stop doing that, like, or like once or twice a week, it's like, well, if you stop doing that once a week, you could afford a gym membership. Right. But for that person, it was about priorities. It was about, they wanted to be able to go out and socialize and do that. I'm like, Oh, well then that's fine, but don't expect to get as quick a results as you could. And don't complain that you're not getting the results that you think you should be getting because you haven't prioritized effectively. So put your priorities in your calendar and assign them and say, I'm doing this because it is important to me, or I'm not doing it because it's not important to me. And then that's okay. And then you're at least instilling in your kids, the ability to have the choice as opposed Mm. to, I can't, because that's the way that the world is, you know, and don't impart your bullshit and your belief systems, right? We had people, it's so funny. We posted in our, um, we've got a free Facebook group, the Fit Dads um, Transformation Group, where we've got about a thousand dads that um, share resources and and help each other out along the journey as a bit of a community. And we posted some before and afters in there. And there was a couple of people who were like, oh yeah, it's, it's Photoshopped because a guy, he has a very distinct like chest tattoo. And in one photo, someone was taking it of him. And in another, he was taking it in the mirror. So the, the, the chest tattoo was reflected on the other side. So one, in one photo, it looked like it was on his left um, chest. And on one photo, it looked like it was on his right. I was like, if you are that, and it, it wasn't even like the craziest transformation in the world. It was a really decent transformation, but it wasn't like he went from like 160 kilos to 77 kilos. Like it was, it was, it was a good fat loss, but it was like, Mate, if you are that deep down the rabbit hole that you think that that is that requires Photoshop and editing for someone to have a transformation like that, and it's just not possible for you, it's like fuck. Please don't pass that down to your kids, right? Don't pass down your limiting mm. bullshit onto your kids, saying that they can't have everything that they want, that they can't achieve the body of their dreams. That it's like, oh, as soon as you get, as soon as you have kids, you let yourself go. It's like, well, you know, we're two examples that we have multiple clients that have many, many more examples that that is just simply not the case. So you've got to let go of your limiting bullshit so that your kids can have the best opportunity. And if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for them. Mate, I, I think all you have to do is look at the comments on some of our Facebook ads as well, right? So there's yeah. some of the photos. What did they say? You had water like, weight? You weren't fit or something? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> water weight's not fit. No, but it's more so it's like, yeah, he can be fit, but I bet you he's a shit dad. And like, I'm like, oh, why is that? that? Jesus. Yeah, like, dude, like they, they go full on, right? I bet you, I'm oh, like, right. well, why, why am I shit dad? Clearly you spend two hours a day at the gym and you care about more about yourself than your kids. I was like, 
just so you care about yourself. Again, I definitely don't spend two hours a day at the gym. I train like strength train like three times a week. Your um, workouts are like fucking 20, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Volume, just fucking get it done. <laughs> just get it done, right? Like I yeah. just get in there, get it done. I do a lot in a day. I don't, have, hmm. I, I don't have time to spend two hours in the gym. I would love to, but I yeah. don't have time. Um, it's uh, totally very relaxing, but it's like <laughs> you're, you're pushing out. It's like, I can't look like you. So what you're doing mustn't be okay. Like, mm. because it's, their limiting beliefs are so like strong. They've made their statements and convictions. They believe it because now they've put this, this threshold, this glass ceiling on themselves. And then they've justified to themselves that I can't be like that. Um, and like, there's so many comments like that all the time. And it's like, mm. guys, like you, you can find 45 minutes, three times a week. You can go for a walk at lunchtime for 15 minutes. Like you, like it's just a choice and we, we, and that's it. At the end of the day, it's just choices. It's like, you know, the guy, like you just said then with the guys like, no, I, I, I can't afford the gym. And you're like, well, you can't afford it. You have to cut out this. It's like, well, no, you're choosing to eat out instead of going to the gym. So you're choosing to train at home, like reframe it. I'm choosing to train at home. Okay, mm -hmm. because I want to go. That's completely fine then. And it's like, no, I can only have my, like, I don't have enough time. It's like, I'm choosing to make my health and fitness not a priority. Okay. You need to reframe your statements to fully understand them because I don't, mm -hmm. like, a lot of the time, like, we don't even um, think about what we say and we're just like blatantly creating justification, justifications and excuses rather than fully controlling the meaning behind the word. It's like, mm. no, I'm choosing to not make my health and fitness a priority. I'm choosing to be overweight. And that is okay if that is your choice. But you need to own that choice. And it's like, I'm not choosing to be overweight. Well, you are because you have a set of actions that is giving you a outcome. And you are choosing these actions over and over again for years. Ergo, you are choosing to be overweight. You have chosen to have less energy. You have chosen to have poor sleep. You have chosen to not be, be able to run five kilometers with your kids. You have chosen to, you know, like these are choices, choice, 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 choice. And these outcome-based choices, well, because these initial choices that you've just hold, held on to over time. Now, the great thing is, is you can choose to change. But that is also a choice. But you have mm. to draw a line in the sand. The version who I was, with the actions that I was, was take me towards a direction I did not long did not longer serve me. So I am now making new choices. The new version of me. I have divorced my old self and I have married my new self. Those old actions don't serve the future version of me anymore. And you have to have like write a bloody marriage uh, certificate, sign that, like marry your new self, like or divorce your old self because that was a toxic relationship. Like it was, you had a toxic relationship with the one person in the world that you can never get away from you. Like <laughs> you're stuck with you forever. Okay. Yeah. So like, that's the thing. So it's like, you have to like do, literally divorce that version of you. The one that like deals with stress with drinks and alcohol and Netflix and food just so they can blunt your emotions and get through the week or the day or the weekend. It's like, no, nah, that version is not the best version of you. Like you were put, you were put on this earth for more than getting smashed on the weekends. Like, you know, like your kids also need someone that they can look up to and be that role model. Like you were put on this earth, whether it be for like just being the best dad out there. Then you have to define to yourself and being self-aware, like, what does the best dad do? What does the best dad for my kids do? Okay, mm. this is what it does. This is this is how he acts. This is what he does. This is the time he has for the kids. This is when we're with the kids. This is how he is present. Like, if we actually define things and spend some time to define them, then we just have to live in accordance with that. But everything is a choice. Stop mm. acting like it isn't a choice. Because that's yeah. all it is. It's just a, a series of choices over time. Um, that's all I wanted to really talk about today, man. What about yourself? I feel like we've said 
we said everything and more. Um, you know, if this is something that you're wanting to work on and, uh, and you know, get a better handle on, right? Like there's a lot of fitness coaches out there that, and I've, I've noticed this, right? The, the more, the, the longer I've been in it, the more I've been seeing people be like, oh, yep, custom training, specific macronutrient breakdowns for your body type and, you know, all of the different, all of the, the tactical stuff. And it's like, that's all well and good for a lot of people. But I think what, um, what sets what we're trying to do here apart is like, it's also a mental game. And there's only so much you can tell people like, well, you know, be, be grateful and just do it. And it's like, well, there's a lot of obviously conflicting circumstances that go on. And there's all these other things that can happen and go on. And it's like, you've got to be aware of what your limitations are. You've got to be aware of what your limiting beliefs are. You've got to be aware of the shit that's going on for you mentally, the trade-offs, the priorities, what's going on for you. And you've got to be willing to be okay with dealing with some of that stuff in order to get the result that you want. Um, and that's, that's what we're trying to do here is to help people with that. So if you're interested in, you know, um, getting on board with some coaches that are actually doing that kind of stuff and can help you with the mental side as well as the physical, obviously we can do that. Um, go ahead to fit-dad.club. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, leave it a, a, give it a like on YouTube, subscribe. If you want to see more of these, we post some little shorts as well. Um, leave it a rating and a review on Apple and on iTunes and Spotify and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and yeah, stick around because, because, you know, if you have any other comments as well, any other topics that you're like, you know, I'd really love it if you guys could address this, then, um, you know, let us know because we're always happy to do that sort of stuff and uh, serve the community. Yeah, mate. And I think that was a very good point that you just made there at the end. It's like when you're looking for a coach and, you know, you get given a set of macros or a training plan and you're not following it and they're just telling you, well, you don't want it bad enough then clearly. like that's not a good response yeah. um, or just do it better. Like that's also not a good response because there is constraints inside your life, emotional constraints and actual time constraints. So you need to have someone that can break down what's currently holding you back and literally break you down as a person to help build you up to the version 2.0 version of you to be the role model for your family and your kids. And that's why we specifically work with dads um, because we, one, we can, we understand the constraints, but we love the carry on effect from transforming a dad's life. And then because of that, transforming his whole family, because the flow on effect of him getting more energy, getting healthier, getting fitter, feeling more confident, feeling unstoppable, like an unstoppable dad mm. can completely change his like initial close family unit, but also all the people around him as well. And so if you want that, if you want to become that sort of unstoppable dad who feels bulletproof and also like looks bulletproof, um, go to that fit-dad.club and uh, book in for a call and we can have a chat and sort of see how, how we can get you from point A to point B and what's currently holding you back and how to overcome that. But other than that, guys, you know, like Jay said before, um, like, subscribe, rate, review, only positive ones. <laughs> and um, let us know if you yeah. want anything, anything specific. If it's negative ones, save, well, it the, uh, save it for the Facebook ads. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Peace out. See ya.